A former Ford executive accuses the company of tapping his phone. You know, automakers used to worry about soaring gasoline prices. Now they worry about cheap gas. All that and more in today's AutoLine Daily. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Welcome to AutoLine Daily for Monday, October 27th. Hey, have you heard the news that Jason Vines, former vice president of public relations at Ford, says that the company tapped his phone and car while he was working there? We knew about the story weeks ago, but sat on it in respect for Jason Vines, who asked us to wait until his new book comes out. Jason is my guest on AutoLine this week, and here's a taste of what we talked about. I had the feeling my phone had been bugged. Um, and I said, how long has my phone big, been bugged? Top security guy goes, a couple months. Uh, earlier, a few weeks earlier, I'd gone up to the general counsel's office to share with him a letter to the editor that I was writing to Automotive News. And as I came into his office, started talking, he said, shh. And he turned up his radio and whispered in my ear, they're listening. And I shared what I need to share with him. And he goes, it's okay. But uh, I, I don't, to this day, I don't know why. I wasn't an enemy of the company. I was trying to help. Was, you were one of the senior officers of the company. Yeah, I was trying to help us get through this massive crisis with a really bad supplier who had no intention of helping the customer. This is the biggest bombshell in his new book titled, What Did Jesus Drive? But it's not the only bombshell, and you will want to see the show when it goes live on our website this Thursday. With prices for gasoline and diesel dropping dramatically in the U.S. market, automakers are worried about meeting CAFE and ZEV mandates, zero-emission vehicle mandates. At the SAE Convergence Conference last week, I hosted a panel discussion that included executives from Daimler, GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler. And they clearly see cheap fuel as a problem. If gas continues to go significantly below $3 a gallon, it's not going to make electric vehicles more affordable, said Jim Buskowski, Ford's Director of Electrical and Electronic Systems. You know, a year ago, a senior Toyota executive told me in private that if gas stays around $3 a gallon, there is no way the company will be able to meet CAFE or ZEV regulations by 2018. And if Toyota, the hybrid sales champion, says it cannot meet CAFE if gas is cheap, who can? You know, Toyota is still the top automaker in the world for the first nine months of this year. The company sold 7.6 million vehicles, including its heavy truck division, Hino. Volkswagen reported sales of 7.4 million vehicles during the same time period, but that does not include its heavy truck units at Mon and Scania. But if you subtract Hino sales, Toyota is still ahead of VW with just under 7.5 million vehicles. GM is number three behind those two, selling 7.37 million vehicles so far this year. Speaking of car sales, Wards is forecasting solid sales for October in the U.S. Sales are expected to hit 1.28 million units which translates to a SAR of 16.4 million vehicles. And those are very good numbers. 
Does Formula One need to act a little bit more like the NFL? We sure think so. In F1, the front-running teams like Ferrari get the lion's share of TV revenue, while newer teams like Caterham and Marussia go begging. In fact, they just ran out of money. And both teams have announced they will be withdrawing from upcoming races. Chances are they're done for the season. Over in the NFL, teams from small cities like the Green Bay Packers or the Buffalo Bills get a good chunk of TV revenue from the NFL, which makes sure that everybody gets a piece of the pie. On the other hand, maybe Formula One wants these teams out so others can step in. And if rumors are true, one of those teams will be Audi. Reportedly, Audi will drop out of Le Mans and head over to Formula One. And the automaker is already said to be developing a turbocharged six-cylinder engine it would use in the series. If it's true, this would be something of a comeback. Auto Union, the precursor to Audi, ran the iconic Silver Arrows in Grand Prix racing back in the 1930s. Recalls have reached epic proportions this year, one of the latest involving customers protesting against Volkswagen in China. And we believe these recalls will not be solved anytime soon. Here's our AutoLine insight. Automakers and suppliers are struggling to deal with all these recalls because there just isn't enough manufacturing capacity to get the parts needed to fix these cars anytime soon. It's not like there's millions of extra parts sitting around just in case of a recall. And the problem is even tougher if those cars are out of production. Sharing parts to cut costs makes a lot of sense until it costs a fortune to fix them in a recall. Why did the engineering team that was developing the new Mustang decide they needed to go back to management and tell them they needed more money? That's coming up next. Here's one of the great things about the all-around performance of our jeweler tires. Excellent traction. Do you need a ladder? Yes, I do. Okay. At Bridgestone, our passion for performance knows no bounds. The highly anticipated Ford Mustang is just hitting dealerships right now, and that's why we invited Dave Paracek, the chief engineer of the new car, onto AutoLine After Hours last week. In the following clip, Dave talks about why they had to change direction on the car as they got deeper into development. So when we started out, we uh, all new Mustang, 50th anniversary, we are going to do it right. But there were a few things that we didn't want to modify, you know, for uh, investment purposes and other reasons, right? And so front suspension and a few of the body components, we were going to try to carry over. But as we got into development and as we really started working on the car, it became very apparent to us real fast that if we were going to do it and do it right, we had to just wipe the slate clean. And to do that, we had to convince uh, the senior leadership at Ford. Cough up some money. Cough up some money. Uh, but you know what? We were committed to doing this car right. In the end, you guys drove it, I think, you know, and you can speak for it, but it really is just something, uh, uh, it's just fantastic, and it's worthy of carrying the 50th anniversary badge. And i got to believe things like the, the Camaro and uh, the Challenger and all that help you convince management that, look, you know, we got some stiff competition here. Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, you know, obviously we know where our competition is and where they're going. We believe we know where they're going, um, but we also spent a lot of time with this car using uh, a bit more aspirational vehicles to do the development for the... Like what? For the chassis, like uh, Porsche 911, uh, BMW M3, um, uh, GTR. I mean, we used a lot of different products to, every time we went on a development drive, to really not, we didn't want to be a Porsche 911. But understanding how they deal with certain situations, understand how they tune their car and what, you know, what is capable, 
uh, we were able to make sure that we made this a Mustang, but the best performing Mustang that we've ever done. Wow. There's a lot of great info about the new Mustang in that show, so make sure you check it out on our website or on our YouTube channel. Anyway, that wraps up today's show. Thank you for watching.